Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. This is Shannon, and I'm your host, and you're listening to the Goddess Morning Show podcast, where you can tune in every weekday morning for an approximately 20-minute long episode to start your day with updates on things that matter to a community of awake and conscious individuals who seek the divine feminine in all we do. We sift through all the copious amounts of information on the internet to bring you news and information on the things that matter to you. Tune in to hear about environmental news and book releases, interviews with thought leaders influencing the awakening of humanity, the moon phases, planetary positions, crystal healing, herbal and holistic health, guidance on green living, and that's just naming a few. Please remember to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on right now. Be blessed. Namaste. Good morning. Today is March 5th, 2020. This is the Goddess Morning Show, and I am Shannon, your host. This is where we talk about news, book releases, the environment, the divine feminine, crystals, herbs, astrology, yoga, meditation, green living, and more. Today we are starting out with a recipe in our Green Living section that comes from the book, The Backyard Herbal Apothecary Book, which was reviewed in this article by Colleen on growforagecookferment.com. And her article says, This book is excellent for anyone that is interested in foraging and the healing power of plants. Devin also has another amazing book called The Herbalist's Healing Kitchen, which is more food-focused. They both make great holiday gifts. So, first of all, let's talk about foraging fur needles. Fur needles, just like most foraged conifer needles, are edible and make wonderful medicine. Fur trees are easy to identify from other conifers if you know what to look for. They are very beautiful evergreens that are often used as Christmas trees. The needles are flat and they attach to the twigs by a base that looks like a tiny suction cup. They also have two white lines on the bottom and tend to curve upward. The cones stand upright like candlesticks. Some common fir species include grand fir, white fir, silver fir, balsam fir, and noble fir. So what are the fir needle benefits and uses? They have a lot of anti-words. Fir needles have many medicinal benefits, particularly good for the respiratory system, including anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, antioxidant, antiseptic, antispasmodic, diuretic, expectorant, and sedative. And Colleen says, I love what Devin says about fir trees in her book, The Backyard Herbal Apothecary. Firs are known for their aromatic qualities. A hike through an evergreen forest often leaves one feeling restored and invigorated. This sense of rejuvenation is owed to its aromatics. The volatile compounds of the fir needles promote deep, fully actualized breaths and a subtle sedative. Think more meditative than sleepy quality. This forest therapy extends beyond the woods and into the apothecary. Fur needles consumed as a tea or infusion or even applied as an infused oil speed relief to tight 
swollen airways, heavy boggy chests, and irritable coughs. Because of their respiratory benefits, fir needles would be excellent to use in place of pine needles in the pine needle cough syrup recipe. Fir needles can be used in any conifer needle recipe. They would be great infused in vodka or used in shortbread cookies for the holiday parties. Fir needles really shine in this forest chai blend. So what is this recipe? It's fir needle forest chai. This recipe is really simple to put together and is basically just a mix of fir needles with some chai spices. The hardest part of the recipe <clears throat> is collecting the fir needles. It's good for the soul though. Once you've collected your fir needles, you can either use them fresh or dry. And if you want to keep them for longer storage, use them dried. Once you've collected your fir needles, uh, they have a low water content. It won't take long for them to be dried. Depending on the humidity level, it will only take a week or so. Simply combine the dried fir needles, dried orange peel, cinnamon chips, cardamom pods, star anise pods, dried ginger pieces, and peppercorns in a jar. If the fir needles are dried, you can cap the jar and use it to store it in a cool, dry place for up to a year. If you are using fresh needles, make a similar batch and use it up fairly quickly. She says she would not cap the jar so that any moisture that's in there might be able to escape. Fresh needles have more flavor and are really a joy to use. In the springtime, you can collect fresh fur tips and dry them for later use in this chai. When you're ready to make the chai, steep one heaping tablespoon of the mixture in 8-10 ounces of near boiling water. Let the tea infuse for 5-7 to seven minutes or longer if desired, then strain it into a mug. If you prefer a sweeter tea, you can add a spoonful of raw honey if you wish. But she recommends trying it without first, because you may be pleasantly surprised by its flavor. Alright, so what are the exact specifications for the recipe? You take one cup fir needles or tips, dried or fresh, one tablespoon dried orange peel, one tablespoon cinnamon chips, one tablespoon green cardamom pods, lightly crushed, one tablespoon star anise pods, lightly crushed, one tablespoon dried ginger pieces, and half a teaspoon black peppercorns, lightly crushed. Combine and steep for five to seven minutes in eight to ten ounces of near boiling water. All right, so for the next part of the podcast, we are going to talk zero waste. And this comes to us from goingzerowaste.com. We have recycling 101, five easy things everyone needs to know. And this article was written February 13th of this year. So it says, I want to demystify recycling once and for all. Recycling rules can get pretty complex when we get down to bottle caps and clamshells because what your recycling program accepts can vary depending on the city, 
county, and state. But there are some overarching themes that most everyone will share when it comes to waste and recycling so all of us can get on the same page and increase our recycling rates as a nation. Alright, so first and foremost, know what goes in your bin. Pure recycling and composting streams are so important. Did I stress that enough? So important. One of my key takeaways from a recent Waste Management Phoenix Open Conference was the emphasis on recycling right. The main hashtag for the event was hashtag recycle right and trying to educate the public on what actually goes in the recycling bin. There are a few main reasons people don't recycle right. Number one, wish cycling. Number two, lack of education. And number three, laziness. And she says she has a way to combat all three. Up first, she wants to tackle wish cycling. And we'll get into the other two under the heading, talk to your neighbors. Wish cycling is when you start wishing and hoping and thinking and praying that you put in the recycling bin, that what you put in the recycling bin will magically turn into a new product. <laughs> I think this belief stems from our perception of recycling. Many of us think that recycling is charitable. After all, it's been drilled in our heads from a young age that recycling will save the world. But the fact is that recycling is a business. At the end of the day, these recycled products have to be turned back into raw materials for other companies to purchase and use in the creation of new goods. So if these streams aren't clean and pure, there's no way that's going to happen. Make sure that you pay extra close attention to what you put in your recycle bin. These are the most common items accepted in the recycling programs across the U.S. Aluminum cans and tins. It is becoming more difficult to recycle glass. It's a very complex issue. Glass breaks, which can often contaminate paper streams, endanger workers at the MRF, and it's just really heavy to transport glass recycling facilities. Many of the facilities that handle glass aren't operating anymore, and I go over this more in my blog post, which is better for the environment, glass or plastic. If you're recycling anything other than those first five materials, check with your local waste haulers website to make sure that the item you want to recycle is actually accepted in your curbside recycling bin. Keep it clean and dry. So, now that you're putting the right things in your recycling bin, are you putting them in the right way? Another form of contamination that can happen, especially with single stream recycling, is when the recyclables are dirty. Repeat after me, my recycling should be clean and dry. You can't recycle half full plastic bottles of water or soda. You also can't recycle a half-eaten tub of peanut butter. Your recycling needs to be clean and dry. Now, your recyclables don't have to be absolutely spotless, but they need to be relatively clean. So when all of those products are turned back into raw materials, the businesses who buy them will be buying a quality product. 
we want to see more items made from recyclable materials, we've got to make sure we're making that an easy choice. Paper is one of the most fragile items in the recycling bin. It can't be wet or soiled with food waste. So if you're about to toss a yogurt container or soda can in your curbside bin, you should ask yourself, will this get on any paper? If you have a tub of peanut butter, carton of oat milk, plastic bottle, tin of beans, or can of soda, you name it, the process is the same. Once you're finished with it, add a little bit of water, put the lid on, give it a good shake to loosen up any remaining food particles. Rinse it out, tap out any excess water, and then you're good to put it in your recycling bin. And make sure that you're putting your recyclables loose into your recycling bin. Do not put your recyclables in a plastic bag. All right, talk to your neighbors. A lot of people don't know what's recyclable, they just guess. So this is the important part where you come in. Most neighborhoods have meetings to go over things. See if you can talk about recycling at the next one. I've created a few printouts to help people visually digest this information much quicker. One in black and white and one in color. So you can encourage everyone to put these on their fridge or next to their recycling bin. And if you're out taking your trash out, strike up a conversation with your neighbor. Most people want to recycle properly. They just aren't very well educated about it. Ask them about recycling. I find the best way to lead this conversation is with a fun fact or a news story. Like, did you hear that China is no longer accepting most of our plastic? Yeah, now only plastic number one and number two is recycled. Crazy, right? Or, did you know that not all plastic is recyclable? Look, here's plastic number five item. It looks like it's recyclable because of the chasing arrows, but it's not. You should both get to chatting about recyclables because of the chasing arrows. I'm sorry, because you should both get to chat chatting about recycling and hopefully the result is a cleaner recycling stream. Now, if your neighbor is just lazy and doesn't care, that's a different thing altogether. One of the best ways to activate people who don't care is to gamify the system. We're already seeing the beginning of gamification, like when drivers get scored on their driving. Many electric and hybrid vehicles do this. People start driving better and more consciously. When people get electric and water bills showing how they're doing in comparison to their neighbors, they save more electricity and water, whether they're interested in saving resources or not, simply because they want to win the game. Waste management is using these principles to gamify waste. If you're not doing a very good job on recycling, they'll place a frowny face tag on your bin with instructions on how to recycle right. And at the Waste Management Phoenix Open conference, they had an amazing installation with a basketball game. There were two hoops, one for compost and one for recycling. And each basketball had an item on it like an aluminum can or an apple core. So even if you made your basket, if the wrong material like an apple core went in the recycling bin, 
you lost points. Subtle games like these are a way of increasing overall consciousness whether you truly care about the planet or not. I'm very excited to see how gamification can be harnessed in the future because I'm convinced it is one of the best tools we have. So support recycling systems. When we look at the recycling slogan or hierarchy of waste, we have reduce, reuse, recycle. Many of us skip, reduce, and reuse all together and jump straight to recycling, which is another blog post in and of itself. But I digress. We also only focus on one aspect of recycling, the part where we put the items in our curbside bin. How many of you actively look and buy products made from recycled content? This was another key point driven home at the Sustainability Forum this year. Companies are just not buying raw recycled materials at the pace you should be buying from them. As consumers, we need to not only buy products made from recycled content, we also need to voice our opinions. Wouldn't it be great if there were a law dictating that all products should be made of at least 30% recycled content. How do you think that would change the face of recycling and move us closer to our goal of a zero waste world? The second part of recycling is making sure that we're supporting these materials all the way through their life cycles so we can move to a circular economy and write waste out of existence. All right, and one thing that I wanted to mention as an aside that um, I learned is that in addition to the three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle, there's actually seven R's now in zero waste living. The first one is refuse. Refuse what you don't need. And there's a cool new app called, oh gosh, let me look and see what the name of this app is. It's so that you can refuse junk mail. It actually turns it off for you. And there's another app that you can download called Recycle Coach. And the one I'm talking about is called Paper Karma. And there's another one called Trash Nothing that I would recommend. I got those off of a Pinterest post that um, talked about zero-waste living um, apps that were helpful. Anyway, back to this. The seven R's of zero-waste living. Number one, refuse what you don't need. Number two, reduce what you do need. Number three, Reuse anything that you can. Number four, recycle what you cannot refuse, reduce, or reuse. Those being the top priorities. Then recycle. Number five, rehome what you no longer need or want. Number six, replant the seeds of what you grow. And number seven, rot the rest, which is another word for composting. So also, um, if you have to talk to people, family, friends, loved ones, 
talk to them about the money that they can save if you can't appeal to them on any other level, like saving the earth, for example. Because there's a lot of money to be saved using these tips. And one other thing that I wanted to pass along is the, um, oh gosh, I've lost the pen. I'll, I'll have to share that with you some other time. But I wanted to spend quite a bit of time in this podcast on recycling because like it says in the article, unless we do it right, people are going to stop buying the recyclables because they have to be able to, you know, support their own business by buying it and turning it into another item. And whenever it's contaminated, then you can't really do anything with it. I mean, it costs them more to make something out, to clean it before, and, you know, there's a ton of product that's lost in the contamination. So if they can't trust that it's going to be clean and free of contamination, then they're going to turn it away. And then recycling is just, it's just going to end up being in the landfills, just like everything else. So we really do have to get better at the way we recycle. And, you know, I put it on my Facebook page, you know, that I wanted to start a conversation with my family and friends. I'm from the South and a lot of people in the South come from places where there's a lot of land area or, you know, originally there was. And, you know, recycling wasn't really a very talked about process in a lot of the South. So, you know, I put it on my Facebook page just to start the conversation. You know, people may unfriend me, they may, you know, not pay any attention to it, but just putting it on there brings it to their attention, you know, and even if they don't respond or they don't share or they don't comment, it's still starting the conversation and you still, you do have to start it somehow, you know? And when I lived in Germany with the military, uh, recycling over there, because their country is so small compared to the United States, it's mandatory and you get fined if you don't recycle. So when you put your curbside bin out, you know, they look at it. And if you've recycled incorrectly or you've put recyclables in with your regular trash, they do fine you. And I always thought, you know, wouldn't that be great if they did that in the United States? But in order for that to even be beneficial, you have to also do it correctly. You know, in Germany, I think, you know, if you're putting the ones in there that are recyclable dirty, you get a fine. But, you know, it's, it's better in some ways in Europe because they're so crammed for space over there. 
that they have to recycle because they don't have the vast amounts of land that we have in the United States for landfills. But I mean, then again, I don't know if that's a pro or a con. You know, we have all this land and yet we think that it's great to have landfills when really it's not. You know, they they understand the need to recycle, whereas, I mean, really, there's a lot of voluntary recycling in the United States, but there's also a lot that's not, I mean, a lot of people don't recycle. And I think that we're getting better, definitely. But, you know, I lived in Germany in 96, and it was mandatory to recycle. And it's 2020, and there's still tons of places in the United States where they don't recycle. You know, I don't know very many people in the South. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that. I, Gosh, you have to watch what you say, because there are people, of course, in the South that do recycle. And I don't mean to to stereotype or generalize them in any way or downplay their contribution to the effort. But I just remember that when I lived there, it wasn't a hugely important issue. I think that, you know, because we have different areas in the United States, like the North, the South, the East, the West, and it's such a huge country, there's a variety of levels of priority that people put on it in different parts of the country. And, you know, some parts are better than others. And that's unfortunate because it needs to be a priority for all of us. And that's all I have to say about that. I actually went over time because this is a huge issue to me. I need to step down off my soapbox. But thank you for joining us. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or tips, you can write in to us at fromasheswerise2 at gmail.com. Or you can leave a review for us on whatever platform you're listening to us on right now. And then email us at the same address to let us know you left that review. And either way... We'll enter you in our weekly giveaway for a three-ounce bag of organic, non-GMO herbal tea, custom blended by FromAshesWeRise2.com, which is also our show sponsor. So thank you for listening. Tune in again, and we always have new content every day. Have a very wonderful rest of your day. Blessings and namaste. This episode of the Goddess Morning Show is brought to you by FromAshesWeRise2.com, where you can get wellness coaching using holistic methods of healing, purchase our handcrafted, custom-blended, organic, non-GMO herbal teas that are crafted with love, and also order hand-poured soy candles infused with love and pure essential oils and herbs to heal using aromatherapy. Visit our website at fromasheswerise2.com. That's fromasheswerise, 
with the number two.com to read more about these products and services. Have a blessed day.